This episode of the Kind of Funny Games cast is brought to you by Blue Apron. For less than $10 per meal, Blue Apron delivers seasonal recipes along with pre-portioned ingredients to make delicious home-cooked meals. Blue Apron knows when you cook with incredible ingredients, you make incredible meals. So they set the highest quality standards for their community of artisanal suppliers, family-run farms, fisheries, and ranchers. I've never heard the word fisheries until this. So you learn something every day, ladies and gentlemen. Whether it's Japanese ramen noodles, wild-caught Alaskan salmon, or heirloom tomatoes, Blue Apron is bringing you the best. Some of the meals available in this beautiful month of July, we're talking spinach and basil pesto gnocchi with summer squash, green beans, and fresh mozzarella, spiced pork tacos with avocado, pickled onion, and alode? Alodi? Greg, can I get a ruling on this? I'm sorry, what was it? Alodi style corn? Alote? Alodi. A Lodi. I have no idea. They serve it in underdogs, though. (laughs) (laughs) Summer vegetable pizza with garlic, lemon, broccolini. If you didn't know, we're big fans of broccolini here. That's kind of funny. What, Greg? What what do you got? Can we curse in the ad? (laughs) No, let's not. Okay, bye. (laughs) (laughs) Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash gamecast. Yes, that's right. Game. Cast. There's no S in there. G-A-M-E-C-A-S-T. We'll get that fixed probably for the next round. You will love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron, so don't wait. Remember, blueapron.com slash gamecast. What's up, guys? Welcome to the first ever episode 78 of the Kind of Funny Games cast. Again, up there. As always, I'm Tim Geddes, joined by the coolest dudes in video games, Colin Moriarty and Greg Miller. Greetings and salutations. Good to be here with you today. And of course, Portillo's here too. The coolest dog in video games. Lola's not here though. Where's Lola at? Chilling. She's chilling somewhere? Yeah. She's Vita Please and Undisclosed. She's in an undisclosed location. Lada. Lada. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) And also, of course, shout out to Steven Insler, our Patreon producer, helping make this show happen. Speaking of Patreon... If you want the show early, you can go to patreon.com slash games to get it early. If you don't want it early, if you want it late, you want to be one of them late motherfuckers, you can go to youtube.com slash games where you're probably watching this right now. This is going to be a good episode, Greg. Is it? You know how I know that? Why? Because I'm fairly prepared for it. Oh my God. You're fairly prepared for every episode. Usually. Yeah. But uh, this one I feel good about because we're talking about Nintendo. Oh. For topic one. Something that I feel like you could even get down on. Oh, even I can get down on? Yeah, even you. You can get on this, man. The okay. NES Classic Edition. Before we get into this, I want to read the press release that Nintendo sent out sure. for this thing. Because I feel like the press release is one of the most important parts of this specific announcement. It's a very different Nintendo. I'm going to read it in full. If you see a Nintendo Entertainment System on store shelves this holiday shopping season, you haven't entered a time machine. Unless everyone around you is wearing acid watch jeans and neon leg warmers, if that's the case, you may have unknowingly walked through a rift in the space-time continuum. The most likely scenario is you're setting eyes on the Nintendo Entertainment System NES Classic Edition, launching in stores on November 11th at a suggested retail price of $60. That's right, the NES is back. But this isn't the same NES that you fondly remember. This new nostalgia field system is near identical. It's a mini replica of Nintendo's original home console and plugs directly into your high-definition TV, using an included HDMI cable. The console comes complete with 30 NES games built in, including beloved classics like Super Mario Bros., Legend of Zelda, Metroid, Donkey Kong, Pac-Man, and Kirby's Adventure. 
The system comes packaged with an HDMI cable, an AC adapter, and one NES Classic controller, which is patterned after the iconic design of the original NES controller. There's a little something for everybody, a nice mix of timeless classics, cult favorites, and maybe even some games that you never got around to playing. Each is sure to bring back memories and produce plenty of new ones. You can even enjoy playing several of those games with two players by attaching a second NES Classic controller, which will be sold separately at a suggested retail price of $10. A Classic controller or Classic controller Pro can also be used, each sold separately. When connected to a Wii Remote Controller, the NES Classic Controller can also be used to play virtual console NES games on a Wii or Wii U system. Playing these retro games using a retro controller makes the experience that much more authentic. And if you ever need to step away from the NES Classic Edition in the middle of a tough level, or take a break to call one of Nintendo's helpful game counselors, there's a little asterisk there. Don't worry about losing any hard-earned progress. Each game has multiple suspend points, so you can start where you left off at a later time. No passwords needed. What's old is new again with the Nintendo Entertainment System NES Classic Edition. Relive past glories. Finish off that boss you never beat. Save the galaxy and rescue the princess. Then there's the asterisk back. Please only call if you have indeed entered a time machine. The Game Council program no longer exists in 2016. Now, the reason I read that is it. I mean, it's just a press release. Most press releases sound like that. Nintendo's don't always sound like that, mm. though. Is this funny? Not particularly. But at it's least there's some some jokes in there. Like, All right, cool. I'll there was character. There was character to it. Some of it makes you go, eh, whatever. But no matter what you do, a press release is going to do that. Sure. Nintendo's are usually really cringeworthy and really just like, ah, please stop. I appreciate this. This is a different Nintendo. This is a Nintendo aiming at the nostalgia in the way that we'd like them to. So, I don't know. What do you think, Colin? I think it's great. I think it's an exciting announcement. I think that there's problems with it, but I think that it's a cool way to expose people to some of these classic games, as I said before, and I stand by it, and many of these games are better than anything that's coming out today. Um, and uh, in terms of pure gameplay, uh, you're not going to get much better than Super Mario 3. You're not going to get much better than Mega Man 2. You're not going to get much better um, than The Legend of Zelda um, in terms of gameplay. And so I think that this is a cool uh, little ode to that. The NES is my favorite console of all time. I mean, I'm a as I've said many times, I mean, I'm a reformed Nintendo fan, but I don't know many people that know or ate up Nintendo like I did in the NES, SNES, N64, GameCube era. So it's like, those are, that is like part of my bloodstream. So NES is by far my favorite console, has a fucking fantastic catalog of games. When I was really cool, what I thought was really cool about this was when I first saw this on Twitter and I were like, all right, it has 30 games. I'm like, what kind of bullshit has to be on this for Nintendo to, champion. Yeah, for Nintendo to get like deep into their published games? Because I mean, there are probably 10 really fucking awesome published Nintendo games and then probably another five or seven that are like fine and then there's like a bunch of like shit that I would never want to play you know mm-hmm. um, so I was like what are we going to see on here like Yoshi's Cookie and shit like that and then um, lo and behold a very un Nintendo move for them is that they're working with third parties I mean they worked with Konami they worked with Square they worked with Capcom I mean they worked with a, a lot of guys here to get some of their games on there and what you look at that catalog of games I would have there's some games that are missing there's some games that are on there that I'm like why is this game on there like Balloon Fight but like well, um I get that. But it's it's like one of those things. I mean, there are even Nintendo games that are missing that like could be on there over some of the games that are on there. Mm-hmm. So there's there's certain weirdness there. But when I look at that catalog of games, I'm like, this is a fantastic collection of games and uh, overall. And I'm excited to play it. And as I said on, I think, Colin and Greg, like I've been I've been kind of plotting a Let's Play series called Colin Plays the Classics, which I think will roll out at some time this fall. And I want to do a Let's Play for every one of these games. Um, and I think that I'm going to, um, even though I've done a Let's Play for a few of them already. Um Ninja Gaiden's on there, so they're working with Tecmo. I mean, there's a lot of cool shit on there. Um, 
And so I'm excited for me and I'm excited for Nintendo fans like me, but I'm or old school Nintendo fans like me, but I'm also actually way more excited for people that have never played these games. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, it would be cool if there was some flash memory on it. It would be cool if there was some sort of Wi-Fi connection or something that you could do to get these, you know, some to get other virtual console games or if there's some sort of port where they could be like, you know, we're wave two, wave three, wave four of these games and you just plug it right in and play them. Um, that said, I don't think it's that big of a deal. You know, yeah, this is I a cool either. thing. 60 bucks for 30 games, two dollars a game. I mean, what's crazy about that deal. is so these games, um, I, I want to say they're all available on virtual console, whether it's the the Wii or Wii U virtual console. And uh, when you add up the price of that, it's something like one hundred and fifty dollars if you were to buy them all. Yeah. If you were to buy the original con- uh, cartridges, obviously, it's a lot more, especially nowadays, like trying to find them. Some of them are pretty rare. Um, so when you add that up, sixty dollars is a, a deal for these, especially if you haven't played them before. And especially with Nintendo. So many people have played these before. So it's like this is probably their fifth, sixth time buying these games. I think this is a really nice way to do it. It's like last year we talked about Rare Replay a lot and how awesome that was as a collection. Very cool. Um, Very nice. And they did such a good good job of kind of presenting the games in-game as being these like – you know, nice pieces of art. I think this is a the more physical version of that, where it's just like you know, every, the NES is the most iconic system of all time, the most iconic controller for sure. And I think this is a really cool way to kind of get in touch with that the Urban Outfitters kind of uh, generation of people, where it's just like even if you're not a gamer, you still think the NES is cool. You know, it's like I feel like back in a two thousand two ish when they did the GBA series mm-hmm. for any i don't what, what was that the 20th anniversary or something like that yeah with the e-reader card the yeah e, yeah that was uh 25th. yeah it must have been the 20th no 85 95 2005 it must have been maybe even the 15th anniversary i mean i don't i don't know exactly why they like did that 85 was western release for nes and gba obviously was uh summer 2001 so i don't know what it was. It why, was some why, celebration why, I don't know why they did of the of the NES and on GBA they released all of that like a bunch of these games. A couple others like Urban Championship, which was like, why the hell would you do that? But uh those are twenty dollar games, which was almost full price mm-hmm. for a GBA game back then. Which is which was worth it for some of them and not worth it for others. You know, yeah. like I think it would have been worth it for Legend of Zelda or Yeah, no, I got uh, I remember I bought Zelda and that was a uh, where I beat Zelda for, for the first time. And they were also GBA. cranking those games out on Didn't a lot of those games appear on Game Boy Color? No, a couple of what am I? Yeah, I mean, I'm, seeing, I'm seeing the bo- yeah, I'm seeing the box art in my mind. The box art was so it was GBA that they did the when it was like the NES box art. Yeah. they actually did the GBASP. That yeah, looked yeah, like okay, the right, right, Famicom right, or right, the right, NES. You're right, you're right. And um, that was super exciting. But again, like when you think of the the price of that, and then throughout the years there was Virtual Console and then the Wii Virtual Console. So it's like you're buying the same games for five dollars, four dollars, whatever it is, over and over. Then you look at this collection. This is very un Nintendo because of the third party stuff. When you looked at their Virtual Console lineups in the past, they all are congruent with that GBA release, where it's like, all right, cool. It is the the ones you expect plus a couple shitty Nintendo games because that's just what they mm. got. But this, so going down the list, we got Balloon Fight, Bubble Bobble. Castlevania 1, Castlevania 2. Which is awesome. Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Jr. Too much Donkey Kong, man. Way too much Donkey Kong on there. Two? <laughs> yeah, it's too much. They're very different games. And Pac-Man on there, too. We'll get to that. Double Dragon 2, Dr. Mario, Excite Bike, yeah. Final Fantasy, Galaga. That's the weirdest one. Final Fantasy? Yeah, that's the weirdest one for sure. That's the only role-playing game. And the, like, and the, and the, the depth of that game is, like, way more than any other games. I'll be interested to see how people take to that. The original Final Fantasy, I think, is fantastic. Um, class-based, hardcore as hell. Um, I'll be interested to see how people take to that particular one. It made me wish that they they worked with Square already on this. Why didn't they get Dragon Warrior? Yeah, that's interesting. That was a weird one. So then, Quest. the other thing about Final Fantasy that's interesting is it's just the first one. 
and they there's better versions of that game out too. Yeah, you know? I mean, well, the being, it being the first one's not not surprising because two and three were Famicom games, but we didn't get them till later. We never got them in the states. The bigger surprise to me was yeah, like what you said, the the PSP version of Final Fantasy and Final Fantasy two way better but again exactly that's not what they're dealing with here um galaga ghosts and goblins gradius ghosts and goblins is a weird one to be on there yeah ice climber Mm. kid icarus nice kirby's adventure mario bros yeah i love the original mario bros Mega Man 2. All right, so this is a weird one, too. So Mega Man 2, obviously, the iconic Nintendo game. I'm a little surprised Mega Man 3 is not on there, too. Or Mega Man 1. So, like, 1 and 2 were 2 and 3. But anyway. Metroid, Ninja Gaiden. Which is awesome again. Fucking awesome game. The original Ninja Gaiden is fucking classic. There's just some classic fucking games on here, man. But again, why not all three of them? Pac-Man, Punch-Out, Star Tropics, Super C... Which is the like? Yeah, no, that's a weird no one. Contra. Yeah, I, I don't understand why Super C is on there. The, the Super C is fine, but like the it's not Contra. Yeah, I don't know why Contra wouldn't be on there. And Star Tropics being in here is fucking cool too. By the way, that's a really underplayed, under like appreciated. A lot of people don't know what that game is. Wasn't that one of the very Zelda like? That one came out on the GBA thing. I'm probably pretty did, yeah. sure. You probably did. Um, Super Mario Bros. One, Super Mario Bros. Two, Super Mario Bros. Three, Tech Mobile, Legend of Zelda, and Zelda Two. It's a great lineup, dude. Now, that's the thing. When you look at this, this kind of is the all-star lineup of NES games. And yeah, there is a couple things There's missing here and there. there yeah. But it's like, that's this is way better than I would have ever imagined you telling me there's going to be 30 games on a Nintendo console that you just get and you get these. Yeah, Pac-Man being on there is like, and that, them calling that out or whatever. I don't remember that port being exceptionally good, but... Uh, well, I think a big thing, too, that you need to remember is Smash Bros. So, like, oh, Smash Bros. Mm-hmm. has made a whole bunch of things relevant in Nintendo in a way that they weren't before. So that's why Balloon Fight, to me, is obvious. Like, Balloon Fight's gotten so much love over the years that there is a nostalgia, nostalgic factor for people that didn't even grow up playing it just because of Smash Bros. Yeah. Yeah, I respect that. There's a few games that I would have loved to be on there. A lot of people were saying, like, where's Kung Fu, the Iron Yeah, game. that's... Yeah, we were talking about... I, I guess they didn't... You know, I don't even know who the fuck owns that IP anymore. The... Uh, Kung Fu would have been nice on there. I think um, Castlevania 3 not being on there. I know that they have Castlevania 1 and 2. I was I was authentically the biggest surprise on that list really like is Castlevania 2. Now, I, I love that game. Simon's Quest is fucking awesome. And Simon's Quest is really a precursor to the open world role playing games we play today. And certainly an open uh, a precursor to the open world uh, Metroidvania style games before we ever had that name for it. You know, um, but I was surprised to see it on there because that game's not that game is very divisive. A lot of people don't like that game. Mm-hmm. Um so I'll be interested to see it. That's like, so if you don't mind me Go taking your phone, the Castlevania two and final fantasy ghosts and goblins. And I would even say like the original Ninja Gaiden of the games. I'm actually most interested to see what people think about mm-hmm. um, because Ninja Gaiden is hard as fucking balls. So I'll be interested to see so that ghosts and goblins and ghosts and goblins is almost impossible. Yeah. Like that. I mean, it's beatable, but that game, the funny thing about that game is you have to beat it twice. But I think that's um, why it, it's on this list is because when people think about old Nintendo games. I think Ghosts and Goblins is one of those ones. Like to me, I'm surprised Paperboy is not here because mm. that's another game. That's just like, that's a Nintendo game, even though it's not Nintendo. Published. Sure. But it's like for an outsider like me, like yeah. I know balloon fight after years of people talking about balloon fight. And yeah, Paperboy would make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm, I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm thinking in my mind, like of my NES catalog and like what's missing on there. And I think that Castlevania three, I think you like, you can make a case for any of those Mega Man games too. A lot of the Capcom games like DuckTales and stuff are licensed. So you can't, I understand why those games aren't on there. Chip and Dale and yeah. stuff like that. Uh, Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Ninja Turtles, obviously. Um, or I mean, I would have loved to see the original, like the ultra Ninja Turtles on there, but TMNT two, which is the arcade game. Yeah. Uh, would have been cool. But so I, but again, a lot of license issues there. Pac-Man I think is the interesting. biggest missing one out of all this is duck hunt. And I think that the reason is you gun. can't, you can't do it with, without the light gun. But uh, I mean, that is obviously the most 
iconic NES game besides Mario. Yeah, so we're gonna be it's gonna be a let's it's Colin Moriarty let's play extravaganza off of this fucking machine. I'm super excited about exposing people to some of these games because uh, you know now like I would have loved to see Life Force on there. I would have I mean there's there's games that are if you want to be nitpicky and really get into it. I think the original Metal Gear would have been really fucking cool to put on here, but again. The NES port of Metal Gear is not really well remembered. It's the MSX port that people really love or the MSX original of Metal Gear. So, But then again, we were talking about Pac-Man. The Pac-Man port, I don't remember being very good. And people don't play Pac-Man. They play Miss Pac-Man. So, like, I, I don't. So, there's, you know, I'll yeah. be interested to see how that works out. But, I, I, you know, shout out to get the Star Tropics on there. Shout out to getting, you know, to avoiding garbage, like, or not garbage, but, like, I, I really thought, like, you're going to get, like, a Nintendo published game like Yoshi's Cookie and fucking whatever so yeah. you know i'm glad that you know they avoided it's that cool we got kirby, too, kirby is a later game for the nes mm-hmm. so this, we're really the, kind of the whole lifespan here um i'm really interested to see what the system actually is like what hardware hardware it's running because the it uses the the same proprietary thing that the wii u and or the weak remotes use so you can buy the nes controller connected to the the wii modes and use that this to me says like is the any is the nx also going to use that same kind of thing is the Wiimote going to be compatible i think that you think whatever controller you're plugging into whatever the nx is going to be would have that port to it or yeah it still accepts your wii u gamepad and your wii Wiimote. whatever it is all that stuff so i think that's interesting i i think that the the reason they chose a lot of these games is to kind of appeal to that urban outfitters crowd that is just retro to be retro well it's appealing to the mall crowd right i mean for how many years has it been that you walk into a mall and you go by that one kiosk that has these like retrofitted n64s that play 60 games and it's all this random shit and you're like this can't be legal, but this is why you're a pop-up in the middle of the mall and not a real store. Yeah, exactly. And we've seen that forever with like Atari and with a lot of the like yeah, random shit. Of course, then, of course. Uh, Sega recently in the last couple of years has been officially licensing that stuff, but it's always them working with third-party people to do it and the games never run well or whatever. Yeah. The fact that this is Nintendo and the fact that they're putting so much care into it. I mean, the packaging is, to me, insane. I can When I first saw this pop up, it felt like an April Fool's joke. You know, because it looked too good to be true. It looked too good to be true. Yeah. It's just like, man, they, there's a lot of care being put into this. Um, and the pricing is perfect. Sixty dollars. They could have charged way more for this. I'm shocked. It's not a hundred. And the the NES controller being ten dollars. That's not yeah, even in line with their like controller, but like nunchuck nunchucks were twenty dollars. Yeah, it's cool. I like it. I think that they're just making it affordable, maybe making smaller rips. They have to pay out these third parties, too. So um might not be a money play. It might be a volume play. And at that point, I, I, I think the only thing you can complain about, as I said, is like it would have been cool to have some sort of flash card, like flash drive, you know, in there uh, to read a car, SD card, whatever you want to do, like that they could have sold to put more games on here. But I can't complain. Even if they did this again next year with 30 more games and sold the hardware again, I'd be like, fine. Like, well, my question like, is, are you going to do Super NES? So the thing that I think is really cool is oh, I didn't copy over. There's an official and like Nintendo. NES Classics logo that they made. Oh, really? Nintendo doesn't really make logos for things unless they're... There's going to be like a line thing, But there's an actual... It looks like it's a line. Like the Classics line is going to be a, a thing. And that's really exciting because, yeah, yeah like, awesome. there could definitely be a wave two of this. There could be whatever. And I, I the thing with the, the SD cards or whatever, I think that gets too complicated. This is meant to just be... It's the simple plug-and-play thing. And I think coming off of Pokemon Go, Nintendo has a really nice kind of um, buzz about them. That I think this this is going to be awesome to see the people that aren't necessarily gamers. How many of them are going to be interested in, in getting this thing? Because I'm hearing a whole bunch of buzz about this and just like looking on the internet and stuff. It's sold out in like everywhere for pre-orders and shit. Oh, really? I didn't even get yeah. my pre-order and that sucks. So I'll um, have to look into that. That's super exciting. I mean, I have like most of these games. 
Yeah, well, that's I mean, the whole thing. Like, and that's what I think it applies. I mean, it's the form factor. It's the, you know, looking at this retro device that you remember so fondly. But yeah, it's, you could go play these games on any one of these virtual consoles. The thing is, is that when I first saw this, before I started reading about it, the first thing that came to mind, I was like, wow, they're manufacturing a new Nintendo. And like, are they going to make like, I, I thought they were going to like, it was like cartridges and everything. Like, I, I was like, I, I, that's like for a second. I was like, that's fucking awesome. But then it became the smaller thing, which makes way more sense than them making a new NES or whatever, because they're going to do that. Why wouldn't it be the top loader? And that's why I think for, for wave two, if they made another console, the, the, the form factor for the wave two should be the top loader and it should be an, another set of 30 games, all third party, which would be cool. Then we could really explore the nitty gritty of fucking some of the games that people really enjoyed. Um, that might be a little more under the radar or whatever, but I think this yeah. is going to be huge. If they do another one, they're I think doing SNES. They're, I actually think they're going to go Game Boy. Yeah, I was going to say Game Boy would be next. Mm-hmm. I think they too. would jump to just like some, a little, like, I don't even know what the form factor would be. Much smaller, maybe more Game Boy Pocket-esque. Um, and then have just a whole bunch of Game Boy games on it. The Game Boy uh, library is a little different, though. Like, it doesn't necessarily have games like this, because it's like, I, I can't see them putting the Pokemons on it, for example. Yeah, you it's know? spread. Well, the library is spread out as hell, too, but the SNES would be awesome. And I, they probably will do that. That's when you really have a problem with what games you put on there, because I actually think that their first party output is way more limited on SNES and overshadowed by third party greatness. I mean, for every link to the past or um, Super Mario World, whatever you have on there, you have fucking Street Fighter. You have a million fucking RPGs. games that are coming from other from third parties as they really ramped down. Like, and even when you think about their first party output on NES, a lot of that was very front loaded. They were publishing all the games to begin with. But when you get to like 1989, 1988, 1990, um, you really start seeing a lot of great third-party games that overshadow their output. You know, Mario Three comes sneaks out in there, but so does Mega Man Two, and so does you know a bunch of other shit. So, I think the SNES would be way more interesting. I'd I'd love to be behind closed doors with these guys figuring out what games they were going to put on there and how they were going to try to license them because um, you can never really get a fight. I mean, you can make an SNES just with role-playing games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like that, which would be so cool. I was talking to Greg about this. I'm really excited that this came out of nowhere and none of us saw it coming and it didn't leak at all and it was just one day just announced and it was official uh, because that says a lot for DNX where it's like all these things that are leaked or whatever there might be nothing leaked from it like hardware wise the fact that this is a piece of hardware that exists that we knew nothing about until it's happening uh, is really exciting to me because it shows that Nintendo is capable of keeping secrets in a day and age when secrets are really hard to keep when sure. it, especially when it comes to hardware and stuff like that like you look at Apple with the iPhones and stuff, people know exactly what it's going to be a year before it happens, you know. Um, and also all the the PlayStation Neo and the Xbox Scorpio and all that stuff. So, speaking of those, topic two, I want to look at the rest of the year and kind of look at all the conferences we have coming up and see where game announcements are going to be made and kind of predict mm. what we think is going to happen at some of the the big shows. So we had E3 already this year. Um, we're gearing up now for all the little there's a lot of little things here and there like the PAXs and the, the GameStop Expos and whatever but games aren't usually announced there at least right. not big ones um, Gamescom coming up looking at the dates here we got Gamescom August 17th then we got Tokyo Game Show September 15th then Paris Games Week October 27th nothing in November and then we assume PSX in December New York Comic Con's in there too, right? Oh yeah, New York Comic Con. And but again, that's one of the we have Comic Con this week. I know, I know. There'll be some kind of game. Little thing. things here and there. Trying to save you. Yeah. Um that would do that's early October, okay. I think, for New York Comic Con. But I think these are the ones that like you know, the the big guys have typically had press conferences. Now it's already been said that no Sony conference, no Microsoft conference for Gamescom. But Xbox will be doing the Xbox Fan Fest over in Gamescom. We don't really know what that is. It sounds like kind of like a mini PSX, 
But yeah, uh, I'm sure it'll just be come play all these Xbox games. Yeah, get but cool off in here, play these Xbox games. They haven't said if there's going to be a, an actual like conference though, even at their own thing. You know what I mean? That, but there won't be, right? You can't. I mean, they made a stink about not doing a conference at Gamescom. So this would, I would think, this would just be their way to get fans c- controllers and have them play. But I mean, did they say that they weren't doing one at all? Like, I mean, that's the same thing as like EA saying they're not going to do an E3 press conference, but sure. they did the EA Play press conference. Sure. So I don't know. No, I don't. I don't, I don't think expect either. I don't them. Think but, doing conferences. Um. So yeah. So then, when do you think we'll get? Do you think we'll get something from? I'm assuming TGS will get some Sony. Sony does sometimes two conferences at TGS. Um, like two, like a pre TGS conference or some sort of thing, and then they do one at TGS. Yeah, they'll. De- Sony will definitely do one at TGS. I just don't think anything of consequence for the Western market will come out there. Um, but you'll get some teases. I mean, if you're into Japanese role playing games, if you're into Yakuza, Yakuza or Gundam or whatever, you know, and, and some very specific third party partnerships with Bandai Namco or with idea factory or with you know whoever um is putting out a lot of these games that sometimes don't or oftentimes don't come to western markets i think you'll see some of that but uh i like the tgs press conferences because they're interesting but like i i because i'm a playstation fan but i don't expect anything out of them um and obviously microsoft is kind of just all but given up in japan so i I mean i wouldn't expect anything out of them either we'll see uh with nino kuni do you think that's more of a psx thing again or no i think that that they have to now give that make that game relevant to the Japanese audience. So maybe you see that there, but we already know Nino Kuni to exist. So I, I don't, if you've seen TGS press conferences before, a lot of it is just their sizzle reels pricing, um, you know, things of this nature. So I, I don't expect that there's going to be like um, a crazy amount of relevant information coming out of there, but th- their shit does come out there every once in a while. Uh, for sure. I mean, we know that from working at IGN, we used to cover that conference. Mm-hmm. I think Nino Kuni will be in a sizzle reel at TGS for sure, but I think you'll get more information on it at P- PSX at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Just because that is a game that sold better here, and I understand they need to make it relevant, but that's also not how you do stuff. It seems in the Japanese market, yeah. in terms of making things relevant. Yeah, I'm assuming we'll see some more stuff on Final Fantasy 12 and uh, that those type of things. So remember at TGS, yeah. uh, that's where they announced Final Fantasy 10 mm-hmm. uh, back for the PS3. Um, so then Paris Games Week, October 27th. Nothing's been officially said about that, but what do you guys think is going to happen? I don't think I don't think Sony will do it. Um, my theory with Sony, and we talked about this on PS I Love You, is that like I think that they have to whittle down their press conferences to give them more more bang. Uh, I think PSX's press conference last year was fun, but over underwhelming. No first party pop at all, uh, which I think was a huge mistake on their part. Um, so I would focus on E3. You can't really give up TGS, so I, but I think E3 and PSX should be the big tent poles. They're actually like six months apart from each other, so that's perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so, I mean, if they're going to be at Paris Games Week, they're not going to be at Gamescom, which opens Paris Games Week. That's what they did last year. They weren't at Gamescom. They did Paris Games Week, and they were able to get away from Microsoft, uh, who did Gamescom last year. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Sony was there, but I also would not be surprised if they weren't. I think it's like a 50-50 kind of thing. If they were going to be there, I would assume, and this is, I don't think it'll happen, but if they were, I would imagine you have David Cage again and maybe show a new character from Detroit become human and like here's another one of our playable characters but even that's going to go over better at PSX so I don't understand why you wouldn't wait there Hmm. what about Microsoft do you think they have a chance no I I just I think these guys are just realizing that they don't need to have this many conferences and when you don't manage your portfolio properly you have you spread out you're announcing things you're not ready to announce you're not showing anything there are no release dates or whatever I think I think these guys just kind of need to go away for a little while and and you know we had a lot of E3 was fantastic I thought for both first parties and so like why just like let's focus on those games you gave us plenty to think about why do we need more announcements what, mm-hmm. like how many how much time does anyone have to play all these games anyway you know they announced like Sony especially had a, a really what I think was a, just a fucking salvo of amazing announcements and, and showed games that we even knew about or whatever and that's plenty like we don't need anymore wait till PSX and then show us more you know mm-hmm. um, 
announce something and and uh, give it time. And I love the I love the fact that E3 and PSX are almost like just totally couldn't be further apart on the calendar. They are like almost exactly six months apart. And so I think that that's fantastic for giving everything room to breathe and kind of avoiding these other shows. Yeah. Um, and then TGS in the middle for really more of the endemic like native Japanese market. Mm-hmm. Um, I think works out fine for them. As far as Microsoft's concerned, I don't know what their plans are, but they've they have so many games in play right now. I just don't know how like how many more you need to announce. Yeah. So do you think the the play for them then is to to not have any more announcements for the rest of the year and just kind of just chill on what they have and do things like the fan fest and maybe bring one over here too and like just kind of get people playing those games. I would say so. I love that idea. It works for that. And then, I mean, don't forget, I think you have the game awards at the end of the year. That's where you can put out more things, right? I think when you talk about, when you compare them to Sony, you have a different, there's a different strata and different uh, audiences. E3 obviously is the mainstream. You see Microsoft and Sony go for the same audience there. TGS is Sony getting to speak strictly to its Japanese fan base, which which is large and does want things that we don't want. And then PSX gets to be, hey, here are these cool indies and here are these Vita games. And here's us talking about changing your PlayStation name. And here's all this inside baseball PlayStation bullshit that only the people who watch our shows care about that. Not, you know, people who are at USA Today, who's in the audience for the E3 press conference isn't going to give a shit about the Japanese audience is going to give a shit about. Mm -hmm. You have these three things to work with. Whereas with Microsoft having forever ago given up on trying to be a big deal in Japan, TGS doesn't matter to them. Gamescom, they go there and we speak just directly to the fans. Here's all the games that, you know, Dead Rising 4 was uh, playable on the floor and here's the new Forza and here's the, what's the pirate game I can never remember the name of? Sea of Thieves. Sea of Thieves. These are all over here at E3 and now you get to get your hands on them over here. There's new content. There'll be one or two new announcements. There'll be titles you imagine from developers over there. But then towards the back half of that right like where does microsoft stand and where do they talk to and i think that's where like the the caliber of announcements you get at a psx which are like you know your a b games or whatever things that need to be sold you know until dawn had a great showing there when it you know let's do a live play and everybody got stoked for it and started talking about it that kind of thing can happen with a trailer for them that's where you can get take a crackdown trailer and put it out around the game awards or new footage or something like that and really kill because that's the same kind of audience Mm mm-hmm yeah, that's, I didn't even think about the game awards. It makes a lot of sense. So getting off the conferences in terms of games, do you think that there's any big game announcements coming out the rest of the year? I think the one is Red Dead. Yeah, Red Dead's absolutely going to get announced. I, I think there's some sort of obsession, and I've heard anecdotally that it really was supposed to be at Sony's conference. I don't know if that's true or not at E3, um, but I've heard it from one person in particular that I trust a lot, um, but I don't know the provenance of what that person heard or whatever, so I can't speak to that. But I, I do think that people's weird obsession with this game being announced at one of these conferences is antithetical to what what rockstar certainly does they'll uh, own this this will be their own event look at how they released and announced gta 5 i still think it's entirely possible this game comes out this year um and when when's your cutoff when do you think that's no longer a that, possibility? That i think i think crazy. i think it's i think i think with something like rockstar because i think they have so Holy take shit. so take two has take two has the time and the inclination to make a lot of take a lot of risks right and like they make they made an exorbitant amount of money on Grand Theft Auto 5. They make money on a lot of their games. The 2K publishing arm makes its money or whatever. So I think that like Red Dead is one of those games that they could literally announce in the same month they release it. Like, and I'm not saying that that's necessarily going to happen, but I think it's like one of the few games that they could absolutely positively get away with doing something like that. Um, And I do not think it would affect sales at all. Like, I think that it's a very, almost like we talked about many times with Half-Life 3, like if Valve was just like, here's Half-Life 3, it's done and it's out. Like, that doesn't affect sales at all. In fact, that's the story and everyone goes and buys the game and it becomes like a huge piece of interest. And so, while I don't know, I don't have any, I mean, Rockstar is very secretive and I don't have any information about what they're doing with Red Dead, but Red Dead's clearly real. There have been leaks. They've been working on it for a long time and 
uh, from all accounts. And I would not be surprised if in September or October, they're like, the game's real. Here it is. And it's out in November, you know, and what do they lose by doing that? Hmm. They're, they're, does there need to be a preview cycle? Did they, I, I just feel like they learned from Grand Theft Auto Five that they announced that game too early. It didn't matter that they announced it early. It gave people room to, including me, to speculate negatively about the game. Um, I remember seeing it like a year before it came out, and I was like, "This game's not very pretty," you know. And if they were just like, and I don't, I don't think it was an exceptionally pretty game, but if it certainly has scale, it certainly has style, but I, I wasn't impressed by the visuals of the game, and. You know, so with Red Dead, it's like, well, why even expose it to any of those things? People are fucking excited about this game. And clearly that like with Red Dead Redemption's um, backwards compatibility thing on Xbox One. Now they're clearly leading up to the announcement of the game. Now, like, I just would love the idea of them just saying like in September, even being like the game's real and it's out next month. Hmm. What do they lose by that? Like the, 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 the only thing they risk by doing this is they eventually have to submit it to ratings boards and they have to get it QA'd and that that and then certify it and that risks getting trophies and achievements leaked and all that kind of stuff. So they have to play the game very carefully in that respect. How but, early do you need to do that? Because I'm not too informed on like the, the back process of all that stuff. Like what does that look like? How long do you need to, to send that in for for rating ratings boards? For the trophy for, stuff for the ratings for all that. So stuff? for rating like ratings board stuff, I think you can do that like well ahead of time. And so you can or I, and I think you can get it pretty close to the, to the thing too. basically you pay a certain amount of money. You provide as far as I understand, you tell me if I'm wrong, you provide like a, a, a sizzle reel of sorts of like your game and the parts that you think are notable for like drug use or for violence, or whatever. And then the ESRB basically trusts you because I think they can find you majorly in, on mm-hmm. the back end about like that. You're showing them everything. And then they look at that and they look at the information you provide and they give it a rating or whatever. And there's like a money exchange there to keep the ESRB going on the certification side. Like, uh, you know, they're QAing these games internally and then, you know, typically, and then they send them in for certification. And I think the expectation is that they're going to fail. Um, so like it's a, we talk to developers and it's actually like a, a, pro, a point of pride when they pass certification the first time. Now I'm not saying games don't, I've heard, I heard of a game recently. I've talked to a friend of mine that's coming to Vita that he has certification the first time and he was you know happy about that. So I think that happens maybe no more than a couple of months ahead of, the, of when the planned release is happening. Then they send bug reports and all that kind of stuff back and ping, bring them back. And then they kind of, it's like a ping pong ball back and forth until that's a pretty simplistic way of looking at it. But, um, you know, that's the way I understand how it no, works. You get the idea. And so, um, so the thing with Red Dead and with Rockstar is that they could probably go to the first parties and be like, under no fucking circumstances, you know, do do like do you guys publish the shit? Because games are leaked constantly because of trophies. Now, not all of them are, are consequential. I mean, the Vita games from 2K were leaked because of trophies. Dead Rising was leaked coming to PS4 because of trophies. Like these things just go up like and it forces the hand. And so they can basically be like we're Rockstar. Don't publish this shit, mm-hmm. you know, until. And because Sony seems to be taking more care with that, even with their first party games. Uncharted was a great example where Uncharted clearly passed certification a long time ago and the trophies did not pop immediately. So they are starting to be more careful that people yeah. are like have back doors basically into the PSN and they're pinging the servers constantly looking for new games, um, which is how Exophase and PSN profiles and stuff gets their, their information. So um, they can play that game, too. So I, don't, I they can play it real close to the vest. And I, I respect what they're doing. I really do believe in my heart that this game is like. Obviously real Red Dead 3 is real that it's probably almost done or maybe even close to being completely done and that it's, it's imminent, mm-hmm. but who the fuck knows? I want to believe uh, that it's imminent. Oops, sorry. No problem. I think at this point I'm thinking spring, right? Or yeah, cause I, I'm trying to remember, right? I remember picking up red dead when we went down for judges week, I think back in the day. So may, so I, and just that I would think you have to start talking about it. And I don't know if they're brave enough to do the, I think they've missed their window right now to do the, okay guys, it is real and it is coming out this year, unless it's going to be like a, 
mid-December release, which usually you don't see people doing, but now you start to see people testing the waters. Just Gravity cause. Rush is happening. It, it just Cause before. Uh, Far Cry used to inhabit that spot. Uh, this year, South Park Fractured But Whole. Like, there's people playing around in December, but generally you don't do that. But again, when you're Rockstar, you don't you have do to worry about missing the Black Friday sales. That's not what your audience wants. Yeah, anymore. and I think that they're... Uh, Rockstar's bullish, but and, and Take-Two's bullish, but above that, they have nothing to lose. They They will dominate. Regardless of when they like, that's the thing is like they would that game will fucking dominate. And if anyone has anything to fear, it's actually Call of Duty and Battlefield and those other games. Not that they're going to sell demonstrably worse necessarily, but it is going to take mind share away from games that always dominate that area because Red Dead is one of those games where it's like if it comes out in the middle of November, it's going to sell millions and millions and millions of copies. It doesn't matter, you know, and it's going to take all of people's attentions away. And imagine a bold kind of plan from Rockstar where they announce the game literally four or five weeks before it comes out. And they're like, we're just going to deluge you now with information. And you're going to be fucking so excited about it. And by the way, aren't you so thankful that we didn't fucking stretch this along for 18 months like everyone else does? Isn't that cool? You know, like you had no idea a month ago this game existed and in a month from now you're going to be playing it and here's all the information you need and we're not going to spoil anything for you some video some mechanics information we're going to we're going to leak things out every day for 20 days and then you're going to have the game in your hand what's wrong with that that doesn't make everyone excited that's so much fucking better than the way games are handled right now you know like but the thing is is that they have the they have the the power to do that and a lot of people don't have the power they have to they have to tease these games out but i tell you man that people have to look at Bethesda's experience with fallout and and note that it worked and they can probably cut it even closer. But there are, again, only a certain amount of games that could possibly do that. And I do think that that Red Dead and Grand Theft Auto are certainly those kinds of games. Um, and so I'd love to see them do something bold and unusual like that. And I think that it will continue to prove that you don't have to tease. You don't have to have bull shots and preview the game five times and blah, 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 blah. Like, who gives a fuck? You know, like that. That's such an old way of doing it. Um, so I don't know. I still have hope. I still really do believe that this game's coming out this year. But I have no reason to believe that other than that. Like, I just feel yeah. like that's the case. It's, not, it's not like I have heard anything from anyone because I haven't. Yeah, man, that'd be crazy. I really hope that happens. The last thing is the NX. Me and Greg talked a little bit about this last week. But X is going to give it to you? Uh, X is going to give it to you. That, yeah. that is, in fact, uh, truth. But there's going to be a Nintendo event this year. They've at least said that the NX will be revealed later this year. I assume that means they're going to hold their own event somewhere. They're not going to do it at one of these events. Um, when do you see that happening? September. Really? Yes. I say late November, early December. When the Wii U was announced, it was announced at E3, and then it wasn't until November that they kind of did the real big blowout thing. They did it over in New York. Uh, I remember I had to go go there, and that's when they talked about the, the Wii U TV or whatever, which was supposed to be a big thing for the Wii U. That didn't work out. Um, <laughs> and when they announced Bayonetta 2. So that was kind of like their, 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 their one solid hit that they got in. And then everyone's like, all right, well, whatever. But um, so, yeah, I kind of I kind of see them doing that. I think it actually will. It'll be New York. I think I think it'll be uh, November feels right, um, but it might be a little too late. I don't know. September sounds early to me. What makes you think that before everyone starts playing games for the fall? I think that you have to. So we're talking about who has who has the power and who doesn't right now Nintendo anyone who's announcing hardware has power inherent power because people are interested in it but I don't I think Nintendo's lost so much goodwill that you know in the hardware front that I just don't know that they want to mix it up in November with people's mind share being just spread across a bunch of different games and so I, I think September safe it's 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 open it gives them time if the spring announcement of say let's say March as NX comes out this gives you six months lead in which I think is great for hardware and um, gives them time to announce and, and explain and get people hands on it announce future events where people can you know press and, and, and gamers alike can maybe go try it out or whatever I just think that if, the, if it's supposed to come out in Q on the Q1 Q2 cusp March which, that, which is what, what it sounds like talking about so so exactly so late Q1 
um, think November's too late. Like mm. I, I because at, at they're risking. So with hardware, you risk you do risk leaks, huge leaks from Foxconn and all these guys. The it's not beyond it's not beyond the uh, reason that NX is already being manufactured. So you the longer you wait, the more you risk losing the control. Mm. And so I think that like they have to do it soon. It might even be in August. Like I I like I I, I don't. I just think November's too soon. At that mm. point, like there's just going to leak and there, and there are going to be things, fucking pictures of this thing coming out. And yeah. See, I like November because I think that you get on the other side of what you're talking about. Yeah, people will be playing games, but people want to hear about something new. Beforehand in September, I feel like you do have it of like, that's great. And I'm also excited about this game, that game, this game, that game. You get on the other side of Black Friday and it is that cool. I have the games I want for the most part, albeit, you know, no South Park. And then it'll, but it'll be the fact that holy shit they're talking about new hardware they're doing something new i think this is why the game awards do get such a big pop and do get so many trailers because people are ready to be excited again because we've gotten through everything we knew is now out we have all, all of our dreams have come true and we either love them or hate them but we have them and that's the end of that we need to look ahead to next year to buy, about what to be excited and about. i think in addition to that it gets beyond the uh xbox s and potentially the playstation neo because uh, i think obviously those are going to kind of take away a lot of the market share in terms of the hardware talk and stuff. Mm. And if Nintendo's before, it's going to be nothing but comparisons and that's probably not going to favor Nintendo. So if you do it a little bit later, at least you're like, that stuff's old news. No one's going to be like really top. They're still going to compare, but it's a little bit different. Yeah, I don't, I don't think, in my opinion, I don't think you win that Nintendo wins that battle either way. Like, well, they don't. I mean, so, no matter so what. I think it makes more sense to go before. So my thing with the before that I do like is, and this is just me being a Nintendo fanboy, but the August, September timeline makes sense because back in the day when they used to do space world. Mm-hmm. So if they were to come out with a motherfucking space world, that would be the, the coolest thing ever. And uh, again, that, that Nintendo is the one that I want to speak to me. And that's the one that does things like the NES classic and puts it out with this lineup of games. So I don't know. We might be gearing in for a completely uh, new Nintendo that, that harkens back to the old Nintendo, but um, either way we'll see this year. We'll see. And I, I do want to say this. My one prediction about NX is that you're going to be underwhelmed. That's, I know. that's my, I'm not saying you, I mean like everyone, like I, I just don't, this thing has been percolating for so long that like, I don't know what they were thinking, like like letting this go on this long, like the, the people's minds are out of control, like nothing they possibly announce. This is, again, why you announce games and then release them quickly. Nothing that you can possibly show at this point is going to be like is going to exceed anyone's expectations. And you're only going to let people down with, with yeah. like and that's why and that's why I was just like, what? You shouldn't even acknowledge it was real until you were ready to to say something about it. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I just that's the one major problem with this. Like that was what was so fucking cool about PS4's reveal, I think, was we really we saw Orbis in um you know like early in 2013 maybe or something or late 2012 like we like started with the leaked images yeah the controller like the controllers, the and that's when i like and that's when i and a few other journalists like really started like confirming things with our sources about what this console was but there was no time to even develop what the ps4 was until they showed it and um or announced it they didn't actually show until months after they announced it but um that worked to their advantage in a major way. I think that the, the less you let everyone's imaginations run wild and people's imaginations with Nintendo have been running wild. Every little fucking uh, trademark, every little patent, everything like everyone has all these expectations that I just do not think it's going to meet the expectations of what we have for it. In fact, I think it's going to be something a little different than what we all think it's going to be, which is going to underwhelm. And it's I hope that I hope that's going to be that's great. exactly what it is. I hope I'm wrong, but I just it's probably not going to be very powerful and it's probably not going to be this amazing dynamic multi-tiered system that we hope it's going to be but i hope i'm wrong i hope nintendo fucking punches everyone in the face but like where's the evidence that they've done that at all in the last 
20 years actually at this point with the exception of the Wii which was just this flash in the pan you know mm-hmm. a very profitable popular flash in the pan but maybe yeah. DS was yeah. the last one they've done some shit I'm looking forward to it I still believe topic three Joe Ennis asks hey guys I've always found that while I'm really good at some genres of games there's some that I just can't do what games are you bad at fighting games I hate fighting games I don't enjoy fighting games I don't enjoy the way they move play i don't enjoy combos and i tried for a long time mortal Kombat. we were all over that as a bunch of kids doing fatalities doing cool stuff justice league task force why not yeah i shouldn't care why not (laughs) this should be something i'm good at and i even like when you talk about like the acclaim wrestling games which aren't fighting games per se but they had the combo based moves rather than just strong grapple weak grapple like you know the aki folks were doing uh it just never ever clicks to the point i just even like when you know like oh i want to play injustice and I want to see that story through because I already like the comics so much. Or when I, yeah, I think I, I, I might have reviewed DC versus Mortal Kombat or Mortal Kombat versus DC. Uh, it's just getting in there and how stiff everything feels and how hard it is to get my character over there the way I want them to go over there. And because you're doing that thing where you're just doing like the, the little hops, like God, fucking no, just move. Oh, God damn it, what the hell's going on? Da, da, da. And it's one of those that. I can and now I mean yeah I don't try you know what I mean like when I play Injustice I, what I would do is go through and play and then when I get beat then I would just put the controller down and let it get, let it beat me twice more because then when you do it they just fucking take it they just take it in the story mode so you can get through them because I just want to see the cutscenes I don't want to do any of this crap I don't want anything to do with this but dialing back to like when we did play Mortal Kombat and when we were playing you know games like that in Mike Boylan's basement on Genesis or whatever it's like I was playing and I was trying and I was still just not having a good time and not and nothing clicks it doesn't click for me that, that the franchise doesn't work or that genre doesn't work for me in terms of how it should all come together to make an enjoyable experience yeah i'm not good at them either i do enjoy them a lot though and i like the i like playing to to my capabilities sure you know, and watching evo did, do you guys watch evo at all i didn't watch it this year but um, a guy from long island murdered us so yeah I was it was insane attention. this year i mean it's always insane but just seeing the spectacle of evo itself is just like good lord their set was you see the set at all you see any pictures yeah. my god it's just like a giant cube of just destruction and awesomeness and i i just enjoy it because it's like you know we've seen kind of like the league of legends and all the mobas and stuff and like the the kind of sets and extravagance they have um but to see it for just fighting is and seeing them the, the crowd go crazy when they rolled out crt tvs to play melee on yeah, like, yeah. that's fucking awesome um but yeah i've never been never been too good at them either like street fighter i i like to play but i'm not great at it i'm not even good at it i'd say uh marvel versus capcom um I think is is one that to me is a bit more fun. I can't can play it on the technical level of like Mark Ryan or someone. Um, those motherfuckers just dominate. But uh, yeah, I also can't just wrap my head around it because like it is the not so much stiff movement, but it's like uh, movement that is very designed where like every single thing you're doing has a purpose right. and uh, the balance of everything is all completely thought out. And it's just like, I don't have the brain capacity to wrap my head around it. Sure. Uh, I'm I'm inherently talentless at adventure games and puzzle games, and for like you know I, I I was talking about this with someone recently that I have a knack for side scrollers like I I understand exactly how to play most of these games and like understand how they feel and can really like run over these games pretty easily once I play spend enough time with them and I'm the exact opposite with with puzzle games and adventure games like I just adventure games aren't necessarily hard they're just obtuse and I don't find that fun right like mm. so. We've experimented a few times with, you know, these games, you know, Grim Fandango and stuff. And I'm like, this game's... Like, I don't want to say it sucks. For me, the game sucks. Like, I'm just like, I don't... I know what it's a beloved game. I'm not trying to insult it. But it's like, why is this fun? I have to, like, talk to these people, find 
this obtuse thing to do this other obtuse thing Take and just run around like, and rub it on the microphone. Like, yeah, this yeah. is awful. Like I just so the adventure games aren't necessarily hard; they're just obnoxious, you know. And in that sense, and Once, you mean old school ones too. I feel like nowadays, yeah, they're a little changed. easier now. Yeah, like, yeah, well, because yeah. Telltale games are adventure games, but they're well, they're, sure, but, but even, they're not they're not really adventure games in yeah, the classic sense. Different. Um, I mean, well, that's what they are. I mean, what other genre are they? You know, like that's that's exactly what they are. But it's just that there's no, they just go. They just continue to go. I mean, yeah, yeah. it's like Quantic Dream games or adventure games, but they don't stop. You don't die. Like, mm-hmm. so it's like, I, so that's like where I can, you know, until dawn, for instance, is an adventure game. And it's like, sure. that's, that's, you can't lose, you know? So like, those are fine or you can't get stuck really. Right. Um, the only old school one I ever enjoyed was Full Throttle. And that was just, oh, you're going to be able to play that soon. I know. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, but even when they brought Broken Age out and were like, it's more of a callback to the old adventure games, I sat down and played episode one and I beat it. And I was just like, no. Sorry, I'm not doing episode two. It's just I can't do this. I can't do this. The pu- the other side of this coin for me is puzzle games, and that's where I'm actually like, really bad at them. So like when when like I just don't don't see the fun in annoying the shit out of myself in these games. So I remember when Portal came out mm. um, in the orange box. That was like what fall 2007. Um, I was people we playing. And I'm like this. I, I'm like this is like like awful like i, oh I, I like God. and i'm like and i'm like and everyone's God. like and everyone's like this is this this game's so fun i'm like no i get i get it like i, I know you love it i'm like i can't i can't wow. like i'm like you know like i just i played it for like a half an hour before i got stuck and i'm like i don't and they're like it's not that hard. i'm like i just i don't this is so annoying you know like and that's um so that's why like you don't like limbo right well limbo i think is fine but limbo is not that hard either it's just like i don't i like games where it's like the the challenge is mechanical right like um not like you know like look around the environment and find the rock that you have to pick up to put on this switch to make this thing disappear and then it's like i'm like i don't like i don't know man I, you know like, I, I like i like i just like i don't like i don't like i if i want to like think like really think deeply i'll read a book you know like i don't want to like that's not why i play games so like i love games that like like castlevania or Mega Man and ninja guy and like we were talking about earlier that are like those games are hard mechanically those are mechanically hard games and you feel good when you figure out the mechanics of them and i understand completely people wanting to be like well it's the same kind of feeling the same kind of like carrot at the end of a stick where you're you know you figure it out or whatever that's why when the witness came out i was like no way in hell i was like there's <laughs> no way in hell i'm playing this game not because i don't believe it's good but because my it doesn't it doesn't work with my mind it reminds me of, of uh, the adventures of lolo trilogy on nes which is like a beloved um puzzle game on the nes and i remember playing and being like this is it's so satisfying when you when you when you finish a stage but is it worth the obnoxiousness that I feel in my heart right now? You know, <laughs> when I could be playing, when I could just be oh, playing something else entirely. That's but th- the worst. When you play one of these games and you run into that point and there's not an enemy to beat, but you are in an empty room and you're backtracking around and you look at the clock. You're like, I've done. It's been 30 to 45 minutes of this. I could have been playing anything else and making progress and getting closer to finishing something and feeling like I accomplished something. Right. And, I, and I'm not saying that there aren't exceptions to the rule. I think a great exception to the rule are the, is Hitman Go, which I think is really fun. And that is a puzzle game, but like it's turn based and a little more easy for my mind to wrap around. Mm. I just I just never vibed with those kinds of games. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that I grew up with consoles. I had PCs, but I grew I, we didn't play games on them really. And I, I grew up with consoles and we didn't we had, you know, Maniac Mansion and all these kinds of games. But what it wasn't it wasn't the same. Like th- those are the kinds of games that I grew up with. What about um, things like Tetris, like that type of? Oh, well, game. that's different. I mean, Tetris because Tetris isn't Tetris's puzzle is like how can you fit the lines over and over? Like that's easy to understand. What I'm talking about, like the game plays itself. What I'm talking about is 
here's a yeah. world and like so like when everyone's like the witness is great i'm like i just don't believe you, you know? like, and, and and so and so that's crazy like portal to me like and again, well, people love fucking portal, yeah yeah i don't people some people that's some people's favorite game and, yeah, I, and I, I, res- it. and I respect that i remember when portal 2 came out i'm like no like people are like you want to play portal 2 i'm like there's no prayer i'm playing portal 2 i have i have like post-traumatic stress disorder from portal 1 you know so it's just, but the, so the thing that gets me, I was talking about, the, about both of you about this earlier is that what gets me is that I, I take a lot of pride in being good at mechanically driven games. As I said earlier, like I, I, that's how I play games. That's why I like, and so Downwell, which I've been playing on Vita is one of these anomalies where I'm like, I, I, I don't know that I've spent that much time with it. The Downwell's over pretty quickly. I've probably spent fewer than five hours with it in total because it just moves quickly. But I, it's one of those games where I'm like, I just, why am I not getting any better at this? Like, like I, I, <laughs> I play it, I play it, I play it. I'm like, I'm just not any good at it. Then I, I, I called up on YouTube like a, a high level speedrun of the game, and I'm like, oh, you know, like the boots aren't really a weapon, you know, like the boot- like last resort. Yeah, I'm, you have to land on everybody and kill. Them. Right, the boots are used like you're. You're. Do you know anything about Downwell? Nope. So Downwell, people should check it out because it's really cool. Fun, it's a yeah. very mysterious Japanese indie game available on PC. It's on PS4 and Vita. I don't know it's, that it's available anywhere else. Um, where you're falling down a well, hence the name. And there are enemies and you have these gun boots that have different powers or whatever. And the gun boots can damage enemies and get through blocks. And you're bouncing off of enemies heads trying to build combos and get lower and lower into the into the um, into the well. And th- it's all about combos, but it's it, it's and it's all about speed. But I, I was playing. I'm like, do I, do I play carefully? Do I play it with some sort of precision? Do I play it with speed? And I just couldn't figure it out. It's a mobile game. Yeah, it's um, available on mobile, too. And uh, I, I couldn't imagine how you could possibly play it on mobile, but I believe people do um, because it's so tactile in my mind. It's only you only play it with the X button and the D pad. That's it. And uh, what I realized was that, no, you use the gun boots to like your. So the gun boots have a certain amount of ammo. And then when you land, the ammo refills. And so what I didn't realize was that the ammo was refilling when I was bouncing off enemies heads. And so you use the, the gun boots to, to stay off the ground. And land another enemy and then the boots and then you build up these like ridiculous combos and build up scores and all that kind of stuff. But even after I understood it and started playing, I'm like, I'm only mm, marginally mm, better mm, at it now. Mm. You know, it's one of those games where I'm like, I just for all these hardcore games that I'm I, I great at, I'm like, fuck, like I, I actually almost take this. It's almost like the anti pride. Like I'm ashamed. <laughs> it was my yeah. last flight where it finally clicked like, on oh, me. I'm like, oh, don't shoot everything. Bounce off of them. Yeah. Oh, OK. This is but even once I figured that out, I'm not any like I'm, I'm not made. I'm getting further into levels. It's, but yeah. I'm not, like, and it's one of those things where there are enemies like with a white sheen on them. And then there are enemies that are hard colored and the hard colored enemies you can't bounce off of. You only have to kill them with the boots. And then it gets it's totally heinous. Like, I, I but I like it. Like, there's something about it where that keeps drawing me back because I'm bad at it. Mm-hmm. As opposed to the, as opposed to the adventure games where I'm like, fuck this shit. Like I couldn't care less about any of these games. Um, this downwell game because I should be good at it, but I'm not good at it. It's hearkening mm. me back every night. I pick up my Vita and play every a few night times. for four hours. Like I, I, I only for literally ten or fifteen minutes. I'm yeah. like, I play this and I'm like, fuck this game. And then I, and then I, and then I put it but back you down. You can't stop thinking. I about can't. It. I can't. Like so. It's, it's funny. Like so. Even the games that I probably should by design be good at, I'm not. Um, at least in this particular case. So, mm. but I find much more pleasure in the games that are like that don't use the brain in the, in the thinking man's way, but use the brain in the brute force. Like I'm going to figure, I'm going to be very, I'm going to finesse this mm. Ninja Gaiden, which we were talking about in the first segment is a great example of that, where that game is so fast and so fluid. It's, it's Mega Man meets Castlevania. And what I mean by that is it's fast, it's faster than Mega Man, 
Um, but it has the Castlevania sub item thing where you're like hitting candles and yeah. get it. And then I'm like, it's so fast and so good. And when you're good at, if so, like when I watch someone play Ninja Gaiden, I judge them completely on how good of a gamer they are, you know, like, cause that's like one of the, that's a litmus test for me. I understand why people are bad at Mega Man. You know, I understand why people are bad at Castlevania. It's very stiff, but Ninja Gaiden feels perfect. And so you can, you can really judge a man or uh-huh. woman on their gaming acumen by putting them in Ninja Gaiden and seeing how they Just do. seeing what them. happens. Yeah. For me, it's first person shooters. I am so bad at killing things with that. My aim is just off for some reason. Just does not click. Whether it's mouse and keyboard or controller, I just can't do it. Now, that's why games like Overwatch are so great to me because I don't need to kill people. It's all, you know, random objective-based stuff. Totally into that. But for some reason, like even back in the Halo days, like Alfredo would be out there killing, I'm going to capture the flag and I'm all about that. But I just, I'm not good at the at shooting things. I'm not For some reason, it's the, I can never be comfortable with the aiming sensitivity. Whether I boost it up, bring it down, it never feels... Yeah, like Goldilocks, nothing's perfect. It's never right. Gotcha. And uh, yeah, it drives me crazy. So it's because it's like that is such a, a basic thing that I feel like that is kind of the, the modern day standard of all you're good at games. I'm not good at games. I know that. But uh, this is proof of, of why not. First person shooters. I, I, I've noticed over time because I think I, I, I don't... I'm loath to say that I'm good at shooters because I don't play them competitively. I think I'm good when I play against a hard AI or something like that. But I've noticed that I like to put the sensitivity all the way down almost. Mm. So like I really have to like move, like really move to move the gun. And I find that I have a lot more control that way. It's crazy with Alfredo because he's definitely the the best gamer I know overall, um, just regardless of genre. What about Jackie Big Plays Butler? I mean, she does things. Okay. Um, but Alfredo is really good at shit and specifically first person shooters. But it's funny talking to him because over time he's gotten worse. And he's like, dude, like me getting old my reflexes aren't the same. And he's like, I've had to change my sensitivity over time just because I can't keep up with it. I'm like, that's crazy that he plays on that level, that that's something that yeah. he noticed, you know? I was um, better at games when I was 10 than I am now. 100%. Like, there's no doubt about Like, I used to fucking murder some of these games. Like, Kid Icarus. You know, like, I used to be awesome at that game. That's a hard game. Yeah. And I play it now and I can beat it, but I'm like, Jesus Christ. Like, I, I'm like, I'm like really... Sh- <laughs> I'm like really struggling over here, and ten-year-old Colin was. Do you think it running was running roughshod? Do you think over it was because you jumped in, or because you focused on a game one at a time and took for and you knew? Because I I remember like, you know, I'd play what a side scroller for Death Return of Superman or whatever, and like I knew where the enemies were entering in from, what they're going to do, and where the optimal position go. And other. so yeah, by the end when you're like fucking wrecking house, it was because I knew everywhere that something would be. Whereas like now getting thrown in, I just like well, I don't know what the fuck's going on. I'm get destroyed. It could be. Yeah, I think it's. It's like those, it reminds me of Mega Man 9 and Mega Man 10 that both had trophies for beating it without getting hit. And young Kong would have been like, fine. You know? And old Kong was like, I can't do that. Like, like that's too hard. Like, I like even for that me, that's crazy. That's just too much. Those are some of the rarest trophies you can get. And I, and I was like, I got the trophy for beating it without dying and all that. Kind of, I mean, that's not a problem. But like, but I'm like, you gotta be. And I was watching people do these, these, like these run throughs of this where I'm like, I don't even know how the fuck you figured some of this shit out. Like, this is too, I don't have time for this anymore. But when Mega Man 2 and Mega Man 3 came out, I would have beaten that without getting hit. I would have totally done that for for fun, you know? Mm. But I really do think my skills have atrophied a great deal since I was a kid. And it could be because of the focus, but I also think it has to do with reflexes. And I also think it has to do with just the way we looked at games and the way we were obsessed with them and the way we thought about them. I I, I thought about games when I was a kid all the time. I played games constantly. I just don't play like that anymore. And so, like, I think that I haven't played like that even when I worked at IGN. For years, I didn't play like that. I wonder if anyone does. Like, I wonder if kids these days, I mean, there's the Minecrafts and stuff like that, but uh, just when we're looking at console games, I wonder if kids are are playing games uh, how we used to or because things are so much more 
MP3 based where it's like nobody listens to albums anymore. Now they just listen to a bunch of songs. Are video games the same way where there's so many out there? And when you have the virtual consoles and the PSN and all this stuff, it is and uh, PS plus, which is free games being thrown at you. And just like, there's so much out there that is it just a lot of demos that they're playing and they're kind of moving on to the next thing. Probably. And I, I think you can also, I think it's also games are just easier. So I think that like, you can move on quicker. Even if you're going to play the games all the way through, you're not going to run into too many games that are as hard as those games on that list from the first segment um, at all. You know, what game comes out today that's as hard as Ninja Gaiden? You know, like for every Super Meat Boy or something that prides itself on being hard, there are a million games where I'm like, this is laughably easy. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I think there's a constant, there's that too, where people are like, they just don't have to spend as much time with it. If you could be Ninja Gaiden when you were a kid, you were a fucking G, dude. You know, like, yeah, no, good luck. I mean, like, that, like, I definitely could not have done that. I remember, uh, I, I, uh, I used to play those games when I was a kid. I was obsessed with that trilogy when I was a kid. I loved that, with the exception of Mega Man Castlevania. That was my shit. And I remember when it came, uh, we were doing the top NES list at, at IGN in 2007 or 2008. I had all the games on my PSP, my modded PSP. And I remember playing Ninja Gaiden and beating it, but I used save states at the end because I'm like, I don't even remember how the fuck to do this anymore. Like, I'm not yeah. even gonna bother. And so I think that people had that, that mentality too. Yeah. I mean, looking at the list of NES games, like, there's very few of these that I actually beat when I was a kid. A lot of them I went back and beat later, but yeah, me beating Zelda when I was little, fuck that. There's not even a chance in hell of that happening. Mega Man still probably couldn't beat. I'm sure if I dedicated myself to it, I could beat Mega it's Man. Not as hard too. as you think. Mega Man 2 is easy. Um, Mega Man 2 is legit easy compared to the other ones. Yeah, Zelda 2. Yeah, right. I've to this day never beat Zelda. Fucking 2. love that game. I can't wait to do a let's play for that game. I love it. I'm gonna use my own walkthrough too. Did you beat remember. it? Yeah, when you were young. Yeah, use Nintendo Power or something like that. But yeah, I beat, dude, you have to understand that. Like, I had a brother that was 11 years older than me. I beat a legit beat yeah. a lot of these games I had Kevin. by watching by watching my <laughs> by watching my brother and sometimes getting his help. But I mean, I was legit beating games when I was when I tell people like I was three, four, five, six, seven playing and beating like games. It's true, you know. Like I really was because I was just I had a, 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 a like a person that was way older than me playing these yeah. games and showing me how to do it. Yeah, no, that's crazy. I mean, that was that's a game changer. You know, just mm-hmm. somebody to help you through the random parts you're stuck at the random parts you don't understand or can't read dude i remember playing i remember when mario 3 came out 90 91 i would my brother would play it and i would like take my legos and build airships like that he was like like yeah. my own airship or whatever and you just like watch and learn and then when it's your turn when he goes to school or he's gone and you play then like you have a you are way better at it than you probably should What's be super funny about that is back when ddr came out like i was super into that shit and my friend curran totally not uh, this is back when he was fat. He was super not into it. And he was just like, I'm never going to play this. And he never played it. And he just watched me play it for about a year. And then randomly one time, first time he played it, and he just fucking went straight to hard and was killing it. And it's just like, I've just watched for so long. Like, I get it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, That's Is that how he got skinny then? He just played on hard the rest and of the time? And he just kept going. And then he got super fit. I'm like, God damn. He used to be so fat. Really? Yeah, I miss fat Curran. He was so much nicer then. Now he's all mean. He had blue hair. Like me? Yeah, just nice. like you. Uh, yeah, but Metroid, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, Metroid's, right. Metroid's legitimately hard. Yeah, it's like just because there's no so map and, and and yeah, there's you have to. That's those are the days of hand drawing your shit. Which what people were saying, what was people were doing the witness too, which I thought was cool with graph paper and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I remember, I remember Metroid being like, even in the time we were playing it, I remember being like, this game was that game intimidated me when I was a kid. No, I played it, but it was. Did you beat that? Uh, not till later. Um, I never beat the OG Metroid. I beat Metroid zero mission which was the remake right but it was much much easier yeah no the original metroid's tough that's a that's a fucking tough game yeah and yeah kid icarus kid icarus is hard yeah kid icarus, gets, kid icarus gets heinous punch out i really don't believe is that hard like it, like we were talking about it on on uh, colin and greg where i'm like i want to beat as many of these games as possible if not all of them 
on the let's play series that we do with them and it's like and you were asking me if I play Punch-Out! And I'm like, yeah, because, like, there's just, there's rules. Like, yeah. like if you know how to play, it's the same thing with Mega Man. Like, if you just know what everyone's weaknesses Once is, you, you should have pattern, no problem. Yeah. You know, and I think that it's the same thing with Punch-Out! Like, there's some fucking hard-ass people in Punch-Out! It's no joke, some of that shit, but um, you just gotta, like, get back into that zone. It's not so mechanical. It's mechanical-based, but it's timing-based, and that's even easier to predict. Final topic of the day, as always, brought to you. Brought to us. Oh. Brought to you, the viewer. Brought to you by, by you. Brought to you by you. Go to kindoffunny.com slash gamescast topic, just like Kamui 97 did. Hello, everyone. I recently took out a copy of NBA Live 14 from my local library, and I can confirm it's the single worst video game I've ever played. Damn. What game? Uh, NBA Live 14. Oh, okay. I'd, ever, I'd heard of how bad it was, but never had an opportunity to try myself. This is probably the first game I've ever played that's legitimately broken and unplayable. That got me thinking. We've been in this next generation for a few years now, so now that both consoles have a substantial library of games, so my question is, what's the worst game you guys have played on this generation's consoles? Hmm. The worst game. Oh, no. I have three answers. Jesus. One for each console. The worst is on Wii U. I'm going to give it to Sonic Boom. That game is utter trash. When we did the Let's Play of it, Colin, it was infuriating because there's been some bad Sonic games. Yeah. But yeah, this was have. this is a whole whole new level of just, it's an atrocity. Um, Xbox Loco Cycle. That game <laughs> sucked, was not fun, and what the fuck? <laughs> like, I remember seeing that for the first time being like, Huh. If only we had the minority report back that then. That was like, that's a known. strong, hard no. Hard fucking no on that shit. What? Like, how did that make it past any, any like pitch at all? And then, yeah, it was so broken and not fun yeah. at all. Yeah. Um, and then uh, PlayStation 4, I just got to go knack. Fuck knack. Mm. I really don't mm. like knack. Knack was rough. Yeah, knack was rough. It was bad. It's weird because when I th- I'm thinking of like broken games and stuff, I'm stuck. I'm stuck in PS3 era, right? Of like Naughty Bear, or Amy, or all these things that would be there. And like this generation around, I can think of games I didn't enjoy. Like that Ghostbusters game we just played was not fun, but it wasn't like a broken mess or something. Yeah, and that's that's the problem is I think that when you think about this, a lot of the the broken games that aren't the worst thing ever. Like next, not the worst. Right, thing right, ever. right. It just it it sucks. Um, that like Assassin's game Creed Unity, you know, is broken. I didn't play it, so yeah. I don't know. But like. I'm assuming people would say that. Um, what else is there? I'm trying yeah. to run through like my download queue, things I've played that, you know, just stupid PSN games I've b- bought. Another Wii U one, uh, Mario Power Tennis or whatever. That game oh, kind of sucked. It, but, uh, was it Power Tennis? Is that what it's called? That was like Mario Power Tennis. Mario Power Smash? I don't know. Some of the Smash Smash was in there. Ultra Smash? Like Ultra Smash, yeah. Smash Smash? Smash Smash? That was no no bueno. But it was, but again, it, it wasn't was so, broken. It was, oh, it was broken. It's like it's almost as if the the real Nintendo champion couldn't win. It's kind of <laughs> weird. Maybe that's, that's the, maybe that's when it started pulling away, and the real Nintendo champion came. <laughs> you got anything, call? I can't think of anything that's like outwardly broken. I again, I go to last gen for that kind of shit. Yeah. Amy's the epitome of that for me. Mm. G Buttersnap says. Hey, Greg, Colin, and Tim, and especially Kevin. I have a question about LEGO Dimensions. Hey! With Disney Infinity going the way of the Dodo, 
that pretty much opens the licenses to other Toys to Life games for their properties, specifically LEGO Dimensions. Obviously, Star Wars is almost a shoe in to join the Dimensions roster in the future, and with there being multiple LEGO Marvel games, one could assume they would join up too. However, with DC being a big part of the Dimensions already, do you think Marvel won't join the party, or do you think this is our opportunity to finally get that head-to-head DC slash Marvel clash so many have been hankering for? Love to hear your thoughts and sincerely thank you for being the coolest dudes in video games. I think there's a great shot at it. I don't think it'll be a clash. They will mm-hmm. definitely not pit it as DC versus Marvel, but I could definitely, I definitely think this is the, the goal. I mean, to his point, I remember when I remember being so adamant talking to some, on a podcast once about the fact that there would never be a Lego Marvel video game because there's already Lego DC and it's owned owned by Warner Brothers and so duh why would they ever do that and then they did the game standalone and you're like oh that's weird but there's no way for them to mesh up whatever and then Disney came around did all this stuff and we're like all right well that's the end of you know Disney Infinity is going to be its own thing that Lego will be its own thing and then here we are where okay nope that's not only is that done but they were already making a lego star wars game before we knew disney infinity was folding they were already making they're making lego marvel avengers and all the stuff and it's it goes back to what i say that disney gets it and disney get, it gets the what they have and how to use it and to team up with the people who do great stuff tt games does great stuff and i think it's the same thing where even though Warner is Warner Brothers and wants you to go see every DC movie and everything else, they're not stupid. They know how much people love Disney properties, so they're going to be totally stupid if in this one business model they're not including those things. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's you're you're going to see it open up the world to Lego Marvel versus Lego DC or something to that effect, but Lego Dimensions is already mashing so much up that, yeah, why wouldn't you do that? Why wouldn't you get that and have that shot? Do you think that if they were both in Dimensions, they would avoid having people clash, or do you think that... There's no way. There's no way to the problem. The problem you're going to run into is that the starter pack of Batman, Wildstyle, and Gandalf are their whole deal is that you can just have that starter pack and use them everywhere. So no matter what, every level would have to be able to have a Batman in it. So I, it might it, I, they play with dialogue. You imagine a bit or whatever, but they can't keep them apart. There's no way to be like, oh, sorry, DC guys don't work here because that's totally what they from the 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 jump have been like. That's not what we do. That because that's what Infinity did do. Where it was all right, you can't take a Hulk and put him into the Star Wars pl- playset in terms of unless it's free, you know, toy box mode or whatever. The story mode over there, you yeah. can't put them in. Whereas that's always been like I mentioned things that there's no rules, no barriers. So with year two kind of already forecasted, do sure. you think that? they'll make any changes and add some Marvel and or Star Wars stuff into that? Or do you think they'll wait for year three for that? I don't think it's beyond the realm of possibility to announce at, I mean, I'm hosting the Comic-Con panel and I legitimately don't know. I, I Nobody's been like, we have a huge announcement, which they would have been. I don't think it's beyond the realm of possibility to announce that, hey, guess what? We are teaming up with Star Wars. They're going to be a part of it. The first wave will hit with Rogue One or whatever. And mm-hmm. then from there on out, we'll worry about it. But they are so deep into, we already know, like, whatever. I forget how many dozen it is, the, the new franchises, the new properties they're putting into this game. It seems like it's more than likely going to be that we get to summertime right at E3 next year and get, all right, cool. It's going to be star Wars and it's going to be Marvel and it's going to be this and it's going to be that. And it's going to be DC movie universe. And it's going to be this. Here's some other bullshit. Yeah. I wonder what bullshit they're out next time. Fraggle rock. Oh my God. You had that one ready. I mean, well think about it. Like think about how they did it, right? Like they, they keep doing these things where it's like, what's relevant now in the Lego world that Uh people care about. And then what's something that, a parent who's like, or a 30 year old man. I'm holding out for short circuit. Fuck. Yes. A thousand percent. Arthur Parsons. Are you listening? Get Johnny five in there. Are you kidding me? That's a great idea, Tim. Oh man. NWO Hollywood says, hello, gentlemen. I have a question for Greg. Did you watch WCW and ECW back in the day? And did you ever play any of their wrestling games? The answer is yes to both of those. Uh, 
I so I'm, I'll never ever 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 forget the first time I watched ECW because we were all in the we all love WWF Attitude Era we were all there Stone Cold Rock doing all this stuff and uh well probably just Stone Cold at this point because it's so early but uh when yeah my friend Jason came over and he was like we got we're, we're doing a sleepover or whatever and all these people were there were all drinking soda he's like we got to stay up till whatever like 1.30 because that's when on UPN they run ECW and if you like this you're gonna love that and I remember we just made fun of ECW the entire time because it looked like something we would film it was like in somebody's garage you know what i mean these idiots just hating each other but you i fell in love with it and became such a huge ecw fan such a huge ecw fan and so during the monday night wars i'd pop back and forth but i was wwf pretty tried and true you know what i mean like i was i was pretty much on that my whole thing game wise of course you did uh I talk about all the time, you know, like one of the reasons that, you know, the way, you know, what in the late nineties, the people got back into wrestling so hard was the fact, of course, that, yeah, sure. It's Monday night wars and it's the attitude era and they're saying suck it. And, you know, people are getting their dicks chopped off and it's like, okay, that's kind of cool. That seems like something as a preteen. You remember that Val Venus getting castrated? You don't remember this? Oh, he shouldn't have hit on that girl. Uh, that was all well and good. But remember those N64 games? Remember, you know, it, it it was what WCW versus NWO Revenge was the yeah. one that everyone lost their mind for, and then the license flipped, and they went and made the they made a WWF WrestleMania 2000, and then they made No Mercy, yeah. and I think No Mercy is the better game, but it was all screwed up. But like in terms of a moment in time, WrestleMania 2000 was the most important. It seemed to me and a lot of people I talked to, and what we play at like Paxomania, right? It's the fact that that game hit, and it was four controllers, and we were all hopped up on loving what was happening with the wrestling and wanted to hang out and do all that stuff. Was there any ECW game? I know there oh, was there was during, during that generation. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. It was a PlayStation. It wasn't on N64. Huh? So what it was is that, so it was this whole roulette deal, right? So WCW was with THQ slash AKI, right? And then that WCW went and went to EA. Then WWF went to AKI because they were getting their games made by acclaim before. And these were the acclaim games that were all the, like the combos and the bullshit it wasn't any fun so then ecw signed the deal with a claim to put out their mm. game and do that and wow. it was it was just like the same engine and all the crazy ass combos and dumb stuff and it was like all right cool i want to do a van dominator <laughs> fuck i fucked it up i didn't do it damn it <laughs> sucks did you see that tonight uh as of the time we were recording this that they're going to do the draft again where oh no they're smackdown and raw are going to be split again where okay. it's different rosters and who goes where have they not been split have they they unsplit years ago it's oh, been, really like, i think I think something like five years. It's so hard to keep up everyone with everyone on the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and from last I heard, Xavier Woods is like turning heel. No. Yeah. It sounds no. like he, he like, he did the whole thing where he walked away from his, his the group, bootios? his group and he the did the whole day? like, nice stare down thing. I don't know. You know, it's going to happen. It sounds like, like a soft turn. We'll talk, we'll talk to him. That yeah, I don't know what's going We're really excited to hang out with him. <laughs> Kevin, sorry, you can't come. <laughs> <laughs> Wrestling, man. Slevin 29 like Jake the snake. says, hey, guys, in the wake of Wait, some hold on, time, out. have you watched the documentary yet? No, I heard it's really fucking sad. Yeah, I really did. Heard it's not easy. In the wake of some nostalgia heavy releases like Pokemon Go and Nintendo's mini NES, I want to know if any of you had any experience with the TurboGrafx-16 or the Turbo Duo console and game library. My family had both before we got a PlayStation in 97, and I used to love bringing friends over that had Nintendos or Super Nintendos or Segas to show them some of the best games on the console. Uh... Is it Ease? Ease, yep. Ease. Ease Book 1 and 2 were my first RPG and it's still one of my favorite games of all time. Would love to hear your guys' thoughts on the really underrepresented console. I have absolutely no experience with it. Um. So yeah, we... I want to think. My brother had a friend named John who had one. 
Um, this is how it goes because you know, for, for me, Mike Boylan's brother Dan had one. Yeah, so that was like my exposure to it. Um, was exposed to it more later. This is PC Engine stuff, and that we. So I want to say this: that if you're a Patreon subscriber to us on Kind of Funny Games, I did an uh, hour and a half or something, maybe a little less, with Jared Petty, and we talk about some of our favorite consoles. And he was saying that one of his favorite consoles or his favorite console is actually PC Engine, which is Turbo Graphics. Um, and goes very deep into that catalog on that episode, which is exclusive. If you give give us one dollar a month, so you can really go listen to that and get like a lot of turbo graphic shit. Out that's of him. this month's one that's coming up, correct? Uh, no, that was the one that's, that's already, already up. up. Okay, the next one up will be me Alexa. and Alexa about JRPGs. So, um, so yeah, but my exposure to that's really minimal. I remember the East games being really exciting to me, and I remember when Wanderers from East, which is mm. the third East game, came to SNES, and that was a big deal. Um, because those games were really locked for a while behind like this thing no one had like only a few million people in the West had it. Um, but yeah, you everyone knew or at least I knew someone that, you know, and people like had their connections. Neo Geo was the same thing, even rarer and way more expensive where it was like, you know, someone knows someone with a Neo Geo, right? Like I think my brother's friend PJ had one um, and you can like use your memory cards. And it was a very you know complicated kind of thing. But these were like almost <laughs> when I was a kid on the Internet in the mid 90s, these are very mysterious systems. I remember I had a whole list of role-playing games. I was so obsessed with JRPGs and like the games that I missed because I didn't have these fucking consoles and like who the hell was going to buy a turbo graphics or a t- even a turbo duo, which is like even fucking weirder. So, <laughs> um, I just remember going over and watching people play bonk bonk. Yeah. Yeah. Bonk was a Jim Riley being obsessed with bonk at IGN. He was obsessed. He, he, what was he obsessed with though? He air had zonk air was the zonk, other one. Right. He was, he has like, he had bonk the, and air zonk. He had the world record the or turbo something. graphics classics air zonk. The fuck is air zonk? I don't even remember. What the fuck is bonk? Bon- oh, Bonk's you remember Bonk? No, I little don't. Little giant, little dude, giant head. He was a little caveman. Yeah, you would know it. Oh, oh, yeah, he bonked, yeah, he bonked yeah. Huh? I never played it, but I. I have yeah, a, no, a nobody played it. They just knew who he was. Man, all right. <laughs> Reverse Flash says, "Hey, Tim, Colin, and Greg. In recent years, Konami and Capcom have dropped the ball on a lack of their big IP getting new installments, Mega Man, Castlevania, etc. One IP from Capcom that surprised hasn't received a proper sequel." is Okami. This mm. game seems beloved by many gamers, and, was, and I was wondering why you guys think they haven't made a proper new entry in current platforms. Because well, Every time they try, they fuck it up. The re-release that had IGN's logo on the box art. That yeah. was the best. <laughs> My God. That was the My fucking God. best. I loved that. That's like one of the best things that ever happened. Ever. I couldn't believe it. In the history it. of life. I, I was like, that's so good, man. That's amazing. Um, were you guys at IGN yeah. at that time? Yep. We were oh totally God. there. That was, how did that go? Everybody I remember everyone was out. fucking, it was hysterical, dude. I was like, that is the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. How the hell that happened? Capcom's so weird. Uh, I think Okami's not as big as people think it is. And uh, what, do say, was, what do you mean by that? Not as big. It, it's like mirror. It's like what I say about Mirror's Edge. Like, yeah. because we're in this like little circle, we expect that everyone wants an Okami sequel. Just like everyone wants a, you know, Mirror's Edge sequel, except for they didn't and no one bought it. Um, and it wasn't very good. So, but wasn't there an Okami? Wasn't there, there an was Okami a, sequel on DS? Three D, uh, yeah, not three DS. DS, yes, there Okami was, or whatever. Yeah, but yep. it, it was different. Okay, so know. and they released it on they released it on PS as well with the move, right? Yeah, and I played it again on PS3 for a little while. I mean, it's like that's definitely not the egregious Capcom shit that's sitting dormant. You know, like Okami is definitely not the game that comes to mind when I'm like, why isn't there a sequel to this? Animusha is the fucking franchise where I'm like, why is this dead? What are we? What are we nuts? You know, like what's happening here with this game? Mm-hmm. I still feel I'm like we're sure John Arena wants to come back. You know, all it wants is Ani Musha three dash two. I just don't know if you really believe that that game is good or not. No, I love that. Guy. I legitimately love that game. Well, more than 3, the first two. Yes, you like Ani Musha three mm-hmm. more than Ani Musha one and mm-hmm. two. It controls like oh. a game should control. Not all tanky and oh, shit. No, no. Animusha 1's great. Animusha 2, I'm not a big fan of. Animusha's probably the first fantastic PS2 game. 
it's a lot. Well, maybe the bouncer, but a lot of people. The, not the bouncer. I love the bouncer. The game's way underrated. Way underrated. No. Um, it is perfectly rated. It is rated. I wanted to like the bouncer so much. I remember getting that. I, mean, I liked oh, it. I liked the bouncer. I remember Ryan Clements and I were simpatico with that. Uh, he also liked folklore. Yeah, he did. He gave it a nine. Uh, the opening cinematic of Animusha 3. That it's alone. so bad, dude. Animusha 3 is so it's fucking so totally awesome. weird. It's such a weird game. I remember oh, buying it and being like, this sad. sucks. So Why am I shooting a gun? It you know, awesome. in an Animusha game, why am I? Ha- why do I have a gun? It's why cool. am I even in modern day in an Animusha? See, game? It doesn't really like make two, any sense. I like Samonosuke. He's my boy. Yeah, Samonosuke's so great. That's great why I like, I like one and three. Um, I never played Dawn of Dreams or whatever the, the fourth one is. It Dawn of Dreams? Yeah, the fourth one's great. That was a late PS2 I heard it was game. Really good, it's a really yeah, great I just, game. I just never got it. Um, and it controls like the way you wanted to. Yeah, I know. I can imagine. But yeah, two. I don't know. I didn't like all the, the other characters. I didn't like switching between all of them or whatever. Oh, but give me Jean Reno. I'm into that. I don't know. I still don't believe that you like it. Day. I, I do. I, I want do. it back. Please. Oh, speaking of PS2 classics, I'm super excited about this. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we were talking about which ones we want. I said Connecticut. Connecticut's there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's coming. I didn't know bit. that shit. Yeah, they did a video. Santa Monica. That was so. That's Sony Santa Monica's first game. Yeah. People. People might have seen that they released a video like a retrospective on that game because there's some people that are still working at the studio that worked on it. Oh, I need to check that out. Yeah, it's cool. That's super awesome. I love that fucking game. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, this has been kind of funny games cast. We will see you next week. I love you.